politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for everything that matters from our life, our liberty, property, finances, family, you name it. It is all on the chopping block because we are facing this one big nefarious plot, this demonic plot. I'll tell you, I have been out, obviously, because of Passover. It's been... On the one hand, you know, I'm anxious, man, you know, what am I missing? I need to get in the fight. On the other hand, I'll be honest with you, um, there's some days I figure, what's the point? And this is really the thought that crossed my mind. A couple months before COVID, I was so frustrated with the Trump administration. Remember, he was president. This was before COVID. And there were so many things we needed to be doing, wasn't doing. The Pensacola terrorist attack just crushed me when... uh, They wouldn't arm our soldiers on the bases after that. And I figured, I'm just going to get out of this. I took a vacation, and I was really happy. I said, hey, what you don't know can't kill you. But then COVID came, and I realized, wait a minute. What you don't know can kill you, and it will kill you. And if we don't change the game, we are facing this governance, global governance corporate partnership that we call the Fourth Reich, That will literally turn us into transhumans. We are up the creek without an oar. Or more aptly put, we're up the Fourth Reich without our own defense force. Whether it's political, cultural, financial, military. We don't have anything. (laughs) That's our problem. We don't have a counterforce. How does it happen that the corporate and governing masters of the world decide just immediately on the most crazy, destructive, immoral, inhumane, illogical things to become the next big current thing, whether it's castration, vaccines, mental illness, destroy our borders, culture, peace and security, our economic purchasing power, in one fell swoop. How does that happen? I don't know, but it is happening. And, you know, I suspect, and I've always felt this in my faith, And I know in the Christian faith, this is certainly true. And it's part of one of our sponsors today, Nefarious. My dear friend and partner, co-author Steve Dace is out with his movie Nefarious. And in many respects, when I read the book, those of you who haven't read it, it's worth reading the book. Uh, You don't don't necessarily have to read it before, but you should read it as well. It came out before COVID, a nefarious plot, and it describes this supernatural kind of demonic in the form of a demon, his idea how to screw up the world. And so destruction, discord, disquiet. And, you know, we certainly do believe in Satan. And it it, it basically describes what happened with the Great Reset, post-COVID, everything we're going through, green fascism, Ukraine fascism, castration, So it actually puts it into a movie, and this is really where Steve took it to to the next level. Whoisnefarious.com if you want to get tickets. It's out today in honor of my birthday, by the way, April 14th, and all uh, most theaters in your area have it. It's really something that I think has moved beyond the paradigm because we're good at writing, we're good at talking, we're good at, you know, politics, law. We suck at acting. (laughs) We don't really produce good movies. 
But Sean Patrick Flannery, who plays the main character in Nefarious, the demon, does an amazing, amazing job. Uh, everyone's talking about that. And this, I really hope, is something that will break the mold, bring people to understand how everything we're seeing, it's a very subtle message, but it's but you can't miss it from the from the movie, the book as well. Um, it is happening. Nefarious is happening in real life. So again, check it out at whosnefarious.com. So it's been a slow news cycle all week. You know, Congress, of course, is at a session for two weeks. They're at a session half the time this year. And it's it's still one thing after another. Just because it's quiet, it's not really quiet. We have a government that in front of our eyes is devolving into North Korea, and we don't even see it. The um the Nazis had a term they called Gleichschaltung. It was the synchronization of all the facets of society synchronizing, rowing in one rhythm towards an official ideology that they create. This Gleichschaltung we're seeing all over the place, they have a certain ideology. The vaccines, Ukraine, castration, open borders. Let out the criminals, prosecute anyone who defends themselves against their onslaught, much less, you know, tries to push back, even politically in a nonviolent way, against that official state ideology. So the big story of the week is this Ukraine intel leak. And what's becoming very evident here is that that leak is the new Reichstag fire. They have to keep renewing a catalyzing event. But then people catch on, like with COVID, January 6th. At this point, any additional focus, now they're still locking people up, but any additional additional focus will only backfire on them because all the news coming out is exculpatory towards the people and incriminating against the government. So their new thing is, we have a problem that this 21-year-old National Guardsman was able to get a hold of intel so easily and leak it. Therefore, we need to consolidate more power to make sure this doesn't happen. And of course, it's a matter of war and peace and national security. You know what comes with that. But this is a unique element that's part of the Gleichschalting that they work together with the media. So typically the media in the past, they were vanguards against the state. And we certainly saw this when Bush was president. They were calling all the balls and strikes on emergency powers and war powers. And now the media and the professional left, they've turned fascistic. See, we have become intellectually honest where a lot of us who backed all these post-9-11 measures and wars are like, wait a minute, that was a big mistake. And the left, who opposed it then, they've regressed to support the total state. 90 minutes after the New York Times identified this guy, Jack uh, um, Texera, 90 minutes after, the FBI arrests him. Which, which obviously means it's not that the New York Times has, more, has access to more um, investigative tools in the FBI. It means that they're working together, literally. 
I wouldn't be surprised if you have FBI agents detached to the Washington Post, New York Times, and some others. And so they have the media cover because you need the media to prep the, the ground. Again, it's not quite North Korea. It's North Korea governed by public opinion because you have that element of the post-Enlightenment democracy. So you need to convince the people, and that's how they have the psyops. So in many ways, it's wor- worse than North Korea. I guess there they don't need to. But eventually, we will get into a point where they don't need to engage in psyops, but they're still doing that. So, obviously, this guy revealed what we already knew, which is that there's U.S. Special Forces, U.K. Special Forces on the ground there, among other things he revealed, um, which was obvious because you don't send over $150 billion, including uh, sophisticated machinery, and somehow we don't have special ops on the ground. You don't... You don't put such an investment which is greater than kinetic wars that we ourselves have fought in the past, the greater cost, that is, and somehow not have boots on the ground. So another illegal war, illegally spending money without ever declaring war on Russia. And there is nobody on the left saying, wait a minute, how not the bigger story that we're flushing not just the money, but endangering our economy, our our security and pushing us into nuclear war all for a now dubious mission i mean it's not dubious we know what the mission is but i'm I'm saying even from an outsider's perspective shouldn't we declare war so first action item of course no republicans doing this because republicans still are supporting it some are expressing outrage about the intel leak not the content of the information that was leaked of what the Biden administration is doing. But there's certainly, even in the House where they've grown a little wary of all the spending on Ukraine, they're not understanding that this is a Reichstag moment to create a fake war, although it's real in, in the, all the wrong ways, and consolidate more power against us. So the House GOP needs to call immediately on a resolution declaring war on Russia, voted up or down, right away. Force a vote. None of this passive-aggressive loserdom. Congress never authorized war. What you are doing is war against Russia, I mean, times a thousand, based on any definition we've ever had of war. Call a spade a spade. If you believe that Russia is the greatest threat since humanity and we need to, you know, have an endless... uh, uh, trail of money and weapons going to Ukraine, and obviously there are boots on the ground associated with that, declare war. And let's put people on on record. That is something we need to move towards. Again, war was something that was so, so destructive, and everyone understood that that was the greatest opportunity to expand the role of government, and that's why it needed a congressional approval. And of course, you know, we don't do that anymore. Just another aspect of our Constitution that's been thrown, just just thrown to the wolves. But our sponsor today is Patriot Academy. Um, just a little over a week from now, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of you guys who signed up for our April 23rd five-day defensive handgun course, Constitution and Handgun Training, courtesy of America's Constitution coach, Rich Rick Green, my buddy, will be down there for five days of shooting, mark, marksmanship, clearing malfunctions, learning uh, situational awareness, 
how to properly draw from a holster and just having a good old time with Patriots together. You go to uh, patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. Um, they have trips now throughout May, June, and July. Now, I would recommend to go earlier before it gets very hot there in Fredericksburg, Texas, but uh, there are some of you who want to take your family and you want to wait till school's over. I get that. Um, I'm going to be at the April 23rd one. I'll be at a later one in the, in the year. I can't guarantee when, but don't go just to meet me. It is a $500 course that's really worth several thousand dollars, but it's paid for by their donors. Um, you got to pay for your own accommodations, obviously. Bring your weapons and ammo or rent it there. Um, they have it for pretty cheap, and I'm telling you, you will not regret it. Very few people could actually win a gunfight. They might own a gun. A lot of people only hunt and own rifles. They're not good with handguns. But the reality is, with all the BLM, Antifa, career violent criminals released, uh, likely you're going to have to defend yourself with a handgun. And too few people know how to properly draw from a holster, among many other skills you're going to learn there. So again, go to patriotacademy.com slash Daniel to check out their schedule of courses and all the information and sign up there today. So folks... I want to play for you a clip that Glenn Greenwald put out. He made a montage of reporters asking questions at the DOD press conference yesterday. This is with, uh, whatever, Brigadier General Pat Ryder. And if you notice, rather than saying, hey, hey, wait, what sort of things are you doing? We're interested in the information. They're complaining that... They're not taking enough measures to clamp down on censorship. Take a listen here. Okay, in the days after the leaks came to light, what steps has DOD taken to reduce the number of people who have access to not only these classified briefings, but the classified material in general? But you are taking steps to tighten that, I guess, population who might have access to this level of information. General Ryder, you say that there are strict protocols in place, and yet a 21-year-old airman was able to access some of the nation's top secrets. How did this happen, and isn't this a massive security breach? What is your message to anyone who might be thinking of leaking these kind of documents in the future? Can you tell us, where are there less people who have access to this type of information today than there were a week ago? Yeah. To follow on that, these documents were available long before April 5th and 6th. So what took so long for <laughs> DOD and the intelligence communities to, to locate these documents? Are you going to release this airman's service record? What technologies is the Pentagon applying right now to both spot leaked documents online and track potential indicators of leaking type practices? Do you plan to be investing in more? Given the gravity of the situation, are you actively paring down the distribution list now? Is this a, a process that's moving quickly? Or is it going to, to take time for there to be meaningful, substantive changes to the distribution? And then is DOD or has DOD taken additional measures to restrict the access to classified information of others in the Massachusetts Air National Guard? Uh, sort of as a follow-on to Carla and Brandy's questions, um, can you say whether DOD has anyone looking at uh, chat rooms on Discord, for example, or other social media platforms right now for leaked information? And um, if not, should should DOD have these people? Folks, isn't that crazy? C go back to the George W. Bush era. Go back to the Bush era where, you know, all the reporters, 
they were leaking stuff left and right about national security. No problem. And now, suddenly, you're an enemy of the state. That is what is so scary. See, the media used to be left-wing, and often even, you know, principally anti-war. Now they are just tools for the state. That is what is so scary about it. It's unbelievable. It truly is. CJ Hopkins, he had on his substack a really good piece. I just want to point out. Um, and, and you should read it really in its full form. I'm just going to go through parts of it here. But he calls it the new normal left. And he explains how the left has stood down. The only elements fighting are on the right, and most of them are just kind of grifting and not focused and not serious, unfortunately. But the left now supports all the things, the corporate power, the greed, the censorship, the state locking people up. And he explains capitalism, a dirty little secret that we need to confront of how capitalism has worked. He explains capitalism is a values decoding machine. It decodes or strips society of despotic values. Racist values, socialist values, traditional values, all values. This is how capitalism freed us from a despotic reality in which values um, emanated from aristocrats and kings and you know corrupt institutions. Basically, it transferred the emanation and enforcement of values from despotic structures to the marketplace, where every, everything is essentially a commodity. It just made it, well, practically, you know, practically, we're all kind of, it, it created egalitarianism, equality. So hurrah! Capitalism freed us from despotism. I'm grateful. I'm not a big fan of despotism. The problem is, it's just a machine. And it has no off switch. And now it dominates the entire planet, unopposed or unrestricted in any meaningful way. So it's doing what it is designed to do, stripping societies of their despotic values, rendering everything and everyone a commodity, establishing, establishing and enforcing ideological uniformity, neutralizing pockets of internal resistance. I think that's very well said. Um, again, pre-enlightenment, it, it broke up that you know, feudalism system, divine rule of kings. But then once we had the Enlightenment, now it's breaking up the original Western values that we cherish so much. And it's churning out this, this basically this transhumanist system. Now, I would argue he is missing some elements there, that we allowed ourselves to go on for decades without constitutional safeguards, and we just didn't follow anything. Like we said, de declaring wars without declaration of war. Having the Federal Reserve basically control our economy without any legislation. Obviously, administrative and judicial fiat. So the system did break down, and we had this fake opposition. Now, you might say, well, maybe capitalism, unbridled, kind of created this corrupt system that you have both political parties bought off. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, I have no problem inherently. Capitalism inherently is not a problem if you actually follow the legal structure and the social contract we have. We don't follow it, and we never did. 
So, or at least not in the modern era. So that's why we are where we are. But I want to get back to this Reichstag moment. Again, a mixture of this total state, total state working with with the, the, the markets, media, and governments, and doing it not just in one country, but globally, this Gleichschalting, and then in order to grease the skids of it, in other words, to kind of jerk that, that, that oar as you're, as you're plowing through, synchronizing together, go a little bit faster, turn the, the wheels a little bit faster, you need a Reichstag moment to seize power. Big story today from NBC, NBC News. The Biden administration is looking at expanding how it monitors social media sites and chat rooms after U.S. intel agencies failed to spot classified Pentagon documents circulating online for weeks, according to senior administration officials. The possible change in the intelligence gathering process is just one potential shift as officials scramble to determine not only how the documents leak, but also how to prevent another damaging incident. So this should scare everyone when you look at this in conjunction with J6, with the FBI's activities in the Catholic Church, with the prosecution and conviction of Sergeant Daniel Perry. We are in a state of total state. I I never could have imagined we'd be in this position. You know, pre-COVID, I would have told you America was hedonistic. We're profligate. We're going to spend ourselves and bankrupt ourselves into oblivion. But we love our stuff. We love our freedom, our liberty, even to the extent of almost libertine. But we're certainly not going to put up with authoritarianism. I did not see this coming. It's funny, when you look at this concept of eating bugs, living in AI-produced 15-minute cities, and owning nothing and being happy... You would think, there's no way, come on, this generation that just loves their stuff, they're going to give that up? Look at what happened with COVID. They gave it up. We have a stoic generation. They are stoic for the pagan national religion. I didn't have it on my bingo card that people would wear burqas. Again, just the opposite. We had the opposite problem in Western culture as they have in Iran. So there they make women, you know, cover up dehumanize them and here you know people just walk out around barely dressed and inappropriately and just you know flashing their bodies and everything but no when that thing came on you better cover your breathing holes everyone went along with it i'm telling you if they banned meat tomorrow three years ago there's no way i mean even the, the left and all the liberals all these youngsters you think these, these 18, 20, 25-year-old men are going to give up their meat now? Oh, yeah. No, no question about it. They'll eat the bugs. They will eat the bugs. So this is where we are with, I, I, and I said it again, that Ukraine was the next step in the Great Reset, and now this is the reinforcement, the new Reichstag moment of saying, hey, there's a leak. And, and we don't even know the truth. I don't even know if this guy, if there is a leak, if this guy did it, who knows? Who knows? But whether it's real or not, what is real 
is what they plan to do with it. And this is very scary. And again, where, where is the opposition? Where is the call for a declaration of war? Because that would finally force them, force them to have a debate over this issue. But Republicans do nothing. Now, our final sponsor today, especially those of you who are going on the Patriot Academy trip, you're going to learn so many cool skills on site alignment, picture alignment, um, trigger function, how how to properly pull the trigger without jerking it. You want to practice that muscle memory. Obviously, ammo is very expensive. It's time-consuming to go to the range. It's become a lot more popular to use these laser bullets, these fake bullets that you could practice in the comfort of your home. I recommend iTargetPro.com. iTargetPro not only has their original laser bullet, but those of you who bought that can now upgrade, and it's totally compatible with what you have, and purchase the iTarget Cube. What is that? It's there's three cubes in a box, so you could get as many as you want. You station them throughout your house. So it used to be with just one board you would shine on. Okay, you you know accurately see how long it takes you to shoot from the holster, accurate shot against the board. Now you could set up a whole bunch of these cubes throughout your house. And again, you got to make sure there's no one there in your house. Follow all the safety. Don't have real ammo with you. Always point in a direction where you're willing to shoot. And you shoot at the cubes. You could actually practice. Um, home clearing drills and all all sorts of different drills and time yourself too. It is a lot of fun and you get to hone in all the skills you learn um, at our Patriot Academy Constitution Defense handgun training. So itargetpro.com is the website. You save 10% off plus free shipping with offer code CR. Again, itargetpro.com. Focus on training the way the pros do it. Offer code CR, itargetpro.com. So, folks, this whole business of declaration of war, our founders understood that war powers would be used to subvert liberty. John Jay wrote in Federalist Number 4, Nations in general will make war whenever they have a prospect of getting anything by it. Absolute monarchs will often make war when their nations are to get nothing by it, but for the purposes and objects merely personal, such as thirst for military glory, that's not really what's going on here, revenge for personal affronts, ambition, or private compacts to aggrandize or support their particular families or partisans. Um, And, you know, Jay talked about these motivations would basically motivate people to engage in wars not sanctified by justice or the voice and interest of his people. Madison, of all enemies in public liberty, war is perhaps the most to be dreaded because it comprises and develops the germ of every other. War is the parent of armies. From these proceed debts and taxes, and armies and debts and taxes are the known instruments for bringing the many under the domination of the few. In war, too, the discretionary power of the executive is extended. Its influence in dealing out offices, honors, and emoluments is multiplied. And all the means of seducing the minds are added to those of subduing the force of the people. The same malignant aspect in republicanism may be traced in the inequality of fortunes and the opportunities of fraud growing out of a state of war and in the degeneracy of manners and of morals endangered by both. No nation could preserve its freedom in the midst of continual warfare. And that's why Madison said... That there, and he said this at the convention, there must be 
rigid adherence to the simple, the received, and the fundamental doctrine of the Constitution that the power to declare war, including the power of judging of the causes of war, is fully and exclusively vested in the legislature. That the executive has no right in any case to decide the question whether there is or is not cause for declaring war. I mean, you think about how much since World War II we have been screwed, how much of our society, our economy has been screwed up because of illegally declared wars. This is the time for Republicans to finally make a stand, and I'm not even seeing them five tranches away from this. George Washington, in a 1793 letter to the governor of South Carolina regarding the conflict with the Creek Indians, he made it clear that the question to initiate any major offensive war was out of the hands of the president. Um, here, where's the quote here? Let me just pull it up. Yeah, the Constitution vests the power of declaring war in Congress. Therefore, no offensive expedition of importance can be undertaken until after they shall have deliberated upon the subject and authorized such a measure. Again, no such measure has had it. They've all emoted, and they voted for sanctions on Russia, which was stupid, but they voted for that. Sanctions is not war. They did not vote for this. So the bigger issue here with the leak is the content of what was leaked. That we have an illegal war going on. We have an illegal war. By the way, this is why Madison had the convention members alter the original draft of the Constitution, which gave Congress, it was in Article 1, Section 8, the enumerated powers, the power to make war to a more limited language of declare war. Right, because a lot of people say, "Well, Daniel, that's you, you can't have you know 435 people, you know, prosecute war." Okay, Madison understood understood that. So make war might be maybe they get to decide all this. No, declare war. Once it's declared, then the president, you know, he plays point and can do what he wants. So that they already struck that balance. You might hear, "Well, Daniel, you know, we live in a different world." No, no. And also, by the way, this whole like different world thing, and you're going to hear it from a lot of the neocons and some of the baby boomer fake conservative talk show hosts that are still stuck on the old paradigm. Um, the reality is, to the extent that things have changed in the world, that there's more because of communication, transportation, technology, you know, an imminent danger. Again, that's not going to cover you indefinitely. Like, they make that argument, okay, but then they go and do it for 20 years, okay? I mean, we're already more than a year into the Ukrainian war. What's up? What is the possible excuse for not declaring war? It's like with COVID and emergency power. It said the same thing. How, what do what you want to give the executive seven days, 30 days? But how do you go on beyond that without a legislative body? But again, this is why we live in a state of total state. Because the power in a Republican form of government flows from the legislature, which flows from the people, but it doesn't. That was subverted. All the key linchpins, emergency powers, war, printing money, it's all done autonomously. Heck, we're even operating under a debt limit, and the Federal Reserve is still printing money. There's nothing they can't do. Nothing they can't do. So, um, and by the way, this is from, just as we're talking about this war, this is what we're funding this is from National Pulse. The Ukrainian authorities in Kiev have embezzled 400 million last year at least 
According to Seymour Hirsch, who has been covering that, he's the guy that has the evidence uh, our own government blew up the um, Russia's pipeline. And again, that's Russia's pipeline. That is an act of war. Um, but of course, we're never going to get to the bottom of that. Um, now a new substack by Hirsch reveals explosive details of how U.S., U.K., and European taxpayer cash is being used to line the pockets of Ukrainian politicians. It's basically been used to buy luxury cars, fund ostentatious lifestyles. I remember they were like dying there. They were, they were, we had to cry over them. Somehow they don't seem to be so bad off in Kiev. Or Kiev, Kiev. Zelensky. CIA Director William Burns presented Zelensky personally with a list of 35 generals and senior officials whose corruption was known to the CIA and other others in the American government. Zelensky did, publicly dismissed 10 of the most ostentatious officials, but the, the, the rest remain. Senior generals and government officials in Kiev were angry at what they saw as Zelensky's greed, alleging that he was taking a larger share of the skim money. So the only concern was that Zelensky wasn't sharing enough of the booty with the other, you know, mini oligarchs there. And there's a whole bunch of stuff embezzling oil money and all sorts of things while the American people suffered unbelievably from the sanctions and the inflation created by the spending and the sanctions and the trickle-down effect, which, of course, we know was done on purpose to, again, make resources scarce, make the cost of living terrible, put America at a disadvantage, grease the skids for green fascism, and then create a national emergency, national security emergency. And that's what they're really doing now to impose more censorship and rinse and repeat. So we presented the problem. <laughs> that, that, this is essentially what we're up against. Steve Dace's nefarious plot. What do we do about it? Where's the opposition? Do you even see it? Because I certainly don't. Not at all. So anyway, folks, this is all to say that what we are facing, this nefarious plot that we are facing, is not something for which we can wait till January 2025 when a president just steps foot in office and somehow do, you know, do something then. We need an inflection moment before. We need an inflection moment before. And that inflection moment, as you well know, is going to take place. I mean, whatever the date is, but June is the debt ceiling. Let's say June. No one knows because they manipulate the date. And obviously September 30th for the funding of the next fiscal year. So the debt ceiling is the big thing. Now, if I told you, or if I asked you, what should we be doing for the debt ceiling? Well, you'd say, well, we need to defang, defund, denude this woke and weaponized government. This total state that targets our bodies, that targets our liberties, targets our cost of living, our pocketbook, life, liberty, property. It's not about some sort of abstract spending figure. Oh, I want to achieve, you know, uh, $800 billion this uh, non-defense discretionary spending or that number. Okay, well, let's do a 1% cut here or there. No, 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 no. 
It needs to be the quality of the cuts. You need to build the case every day. They should be doing events. And this is really where the presidential candidates could come in and give voice to this. Not so much what they would do as president. I mean, that's what they would campaign on. But now to help give voice to this, the debt ceiling fight, to defund and defang government that is totalitarian in nature, that targets us politically. So it's it's more than about like, oh, I'm going to have a 1% across the board spending cut. It should be about banning the green or repealing the green energy bill from last year, which did two things. It, 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 it greases the utopia for, for green energy and 15-minute cities and funds endless IRS agents, which I'm sure you've seen. They're actually hiring them. They said, oh, it's a myth. No, that is happening. Um, and defunding and banning FBI sting operations like we talked about, the political targeting. Defunding Ukraine. Defunding the biomedical security state. And then some sort of Federal Reserve reform. Because if you're talking about debt, what created the debt? The Federal Reserve. Without that, the game is up. Because in order to service this, you would have to make a choice. Massive tax increases. We're actually offloading some of this stuff completely and some of it devolving to the states. So that handles both the actual debt issue, but more importantly, the policies undergirding it, the debt, and the policies reflected and funded by the debt. But instead, unfortunately, I don't see that happening. There's an article here from Congressional Quarterly. It's a subscription-only GOP debt limit plans begin to take shape in the House. And I'll tell you, folks, I don't like what I'm seeing. Several sources familiar with negotiations confirmed the bill that is being drafted would lift the debt limit through May 2024. Okay, so they're going to give them about a year's worth of new debt. Well, what do we get in return? Sets a cap on discretionary spending for at least fiscal year 2024 and potentially limit appropriations growth over the next decades is somewhere in the ballpark of 1% to 1.5% annual. So to make some sort of discretionary spending cut and then you know, limit its growth to one, between one and 1.5% instead of whatever, three to 5% every year. It all, would also rescind unobligated pandemic funding. No, that's always the, the, the thing, rather than dealing with the meat and potatoes, the unobligated, unspent pandemic funding, block Biden's student loan forgiveness executive actions. It's funny why Republicans, I mean, again, I, we all oppose that, and it's a bad policy, but it's, it's, it's very interesting. Of all things, that's like their top Thing. If you look at Mitch McConnell, that's like the most egregious thing Biden ever did. I mean, really? It's bad, but compared to the other things we've been talking about, we talked about today, it's not. Institute work requirements for some federal benefit programs. Again, the devil's in the details there, how expansive that is. And include at least some provisions of the House-passed energy package. Here's the problem. It, what Republicans are doing is they don't have the guts to repeal the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, the green energy machine, they're just saying, allow some more drilling. But that's not going to work alongside this agenda. You have to block the green energy agenda. That is more important than actually funding, or not funding, but, but authorizing more drilling. 
Also, they want to repeal some of the energy tax provisions in last year's budget reconciliation package. Taxes. It's not the taxes. The 1.2 trillion subsidies over the lifetime cost of the electric car thing is more destructive than the taxes. It reminds me of the Obamacare fight back then when they didn't want to get to the meat and potatoes of Obamacare. They just wanted to fight the taxes that funded it, but they didn't want to get to what the it was. So Ways and Means is holding a hearing on this next week. But I just, you know, like one possibility that's being discussed is capping non-defense discretionary spending to $584 billion. I mean, okay, but it's like, it's not where the problem is, and it's not even good messaging. So you have a brinkmanship over a number. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just not, it's not where it's at. Now, they do have the RAINS Act is one possible thing thrown in there. The RAINS Act basically would make every government regulation subject to congressional approval, um, it's a kind of a universal GOP item that they passed when when they took over Congress after the Tea Party. And, you know, it's an oldie but a goodie. Okay, if they fight for that. But I'm saying that that's getting a little warmer. But otherwise, it's just lackluster. Again, it has to be your government. If you, if you tell people, you know, government is spending $800 billion a year discretionary, you know, it should be $700 billion. You're not going to win a fight on that. If it's like, Folks, our government is targeting your mind, body, soul, pocketbook, and we're going to denude them of the ability to do each and every one of them. Your life, liberty, and property. This speaks more to people than just a budgetary figure. Now, obviously, you explain that the you know exploding debt causes inflation, but I think the inflation is more directly with the energy stuff. And again, they're on to stuff with the energy, but it's not exactly where it is. It almost reminds me of the tranny stuff. Were they kind of talking about it? But it's like female sports. Like, well, no, that's not really the point. I don't know if you, some of you saw this clip, clip of Don Jr. on this podcast called Full Send. He agreed to the premise of trannyism. He said, I'm actually very liberal on it. He's like, I just, you know, just don't do it to kids. Exactly in line with Bruce Jenner, that Bruce Jenner messaging. Oh, we're fine with, with grooming people and having adults walk around like that and, and even have a conservative trans, which, you know, Jenner is a big supporter of Trump. Just don't screw up female sports and, and you know, don't force it on kids. But they're, they're fine with the broader culture. And it's the same thing with the GOP on everything. Well, you know, I'm fine with green energy. Just give us some more options. I'm fine with COVID stuff. Just don't quite mandate the hemlock. But yeah, you could fund the hemlock and throw money into it and absolve them of liability. Each thing they agreed to the premise of. This is the problem. They're always a day late, a dollar short. So the debt limit is really the big fight. That is the fight du jour of our time. And we cannot afford them to agree on the premise of COVID, agree on the premise of trannyism, agree on the premise of Ukraine. And that's a big one. 
Republicans all agree on the premise of it. Some are like, hey, maybe you set up an inspector general so we don't you know, waste funding. It's not a matter of wasteful spending. If we had all the money in the world, I wouldn't fund it. Because you're funding a needless war. You're funding the oligarchs. You're funding a Great Reset. You're funding the green lean machine, which is what they set off with this. Remember, the inflation that spiraled after these um after the war and the sanctions that is not a side effect that was a feature of what they wanted to accomplish and let it be known on two occasions the israeli prime minister was going to have a peace agreement between putin and even zelensky and the us and uk governments stopped it why that's the question that House Republicans should be investigating. I'm not even getting to Senate Republicans. They, Senate Republicans think Biden isn't doing enough for Ukraine. But even House Republicans. It's like, well, maybe we're kind of spending a little bit too much money. Let's monitor where it's headed. Like, no, there's something a lot deeper going on there. And again, it needs to be defunded in the debt ceiling bill, but also... They need to push an up or down vote on war with Russia because that's what you're doing. <laughs> Historically, if you throw $150 billion at another country, and yes, they do have boots on the ground, and you blow up their pipeline, uh, that's as much of a direct war. That's not even a proxy war. That is a direct war. Shouldn't we vote on it? If it's such a slam dunk, then why are you too scared to declare war? This has been the problem the last number of decades. They always tell us what a slam dunk these wars are. Senate so should be quite easy to debate it in Congress and have the people in, in you know input hearings with witnesses from both sides, have a committee vote, bicameral floor vote, and we'll see who wins. But this is the point. We are governed by executive fiat precisely on the things that matter, when they matter, in the way they matter, at the time they matter. See, you still have this veneer of a legislative process for, like, naming post offices. That is one thing I'll tell you. A president I don't think has ever violated. Never unilaterally names a post office. Always done through the legislative process. Congress passes it, the president signs it. They will pick the things that matter the least, and they'll, they'll pass it. The things that mattered most, if you look at the most impactful things, we had no legislative process or a very truncated one, um, you know, stuffed in omnibus bills, lack of democratic transparency. That's why we are where we are today. But conservatives act as if we still have the Constitution. We don't. It's been violated for quite some time. So again, we need leaders who will actually fight the issues that matter. By the way, I just on that point, I wanted to note there's an interesting article in the Dispatch. A lobbyist recalled asking the governor during the call. He had a call with uh, the Florida governor, that is, um, March, maybe it's March or April of 2020 for... Um, you know, not closing down the beaches. And he asked him if he was sure he had the right 
policy choice. Like, did you make the right call? And I remember what he said to me. I'll never forget it because it bore out to be true. He said, I don't care what they say about me right now. I care about what they say about me six months from now. He believed his reading of the data and his way of handling COVID was right, was the right thing before anyone else did, and stuck with it regardless of the hits. And again, it's that sort of thing that we need. Not someone whose totality of universe is defined by what's in front of him at that moment. They're literally polar opposites in that respect. But again, I'm not saying, oh my gosh, the lesson is to have DeSantis as, as president. We'll be dead by then. And I don't think a president could even do much because I don't think we need to fix the federal government because I don't think you can. We need to defeat it. But the way to do that is you have to have an inflection moment now focused on substance. And one of my concerns is that Trump is tainting our fight against the FBI. You, you look at the polling, it's horrible. On J6 and all this stuff. Because it wasn't, we weren't even allowed to make it about the solitary confinement and the beatings. And if people would only understand, it's all about Trump. And all swing voters hate Trump. And they always will. And again, that's not his fault in a vacuum. The fact that, you know, the issues are wrong. That, that the voters are wrong on the issues because they define it based on him. But the right defines the issues based on him. So that's what they see. So the whole thing is, it's not a matter of you are being targeted. You are being having, you know, it, your money is destroyed. That's what Trump's 2016 campaign was about. You are being screwed. His 2024 campaign is, I am being screwed. Well, you make it about that. It, 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 it's harming our ability to make the case against the FBI because he's so unpopular. Very, very popular with the base, not outside of that. And that's a conundrum. We can never have a serious policy fight so long as he is the face of this. Um, so that's, yeah, that's where we are. But again, every day we're going to give action items. Action items to do, but there's nothing there, nothing there. Nobody cares about action because we're paralyzed by what's in front of us at that moment. And increasingly, it's Trump. Just a couple minutes before we end, just to understand how a lack of a serious focused movement nets nothing. Kansas House Bill 2390. Simple thing barred local health departments from forced quarantine and child mandates of the COVID shots. It also expanded religious exemptions for broader shots. So it's not like it took the shots off the market, barred the State Department of Health from implementing them, just lockdowns and don't mandate the COVID shots and religious exemption. Voted down by one vote in the GOP-controlled Senate. Nothing there. Can't do anything. I don't know what to say. My one wish, birthday wish would be that we could somehow get together a movement of serious people where I'm not the largest platform doing this because I'm not very large, where there's people with bigger platforms and they know who they are that are willing to get into a room, constitutional convention style, with the recognition that we are facing a degree of tyranny that blows out any tyranny in human history 
and that what we're doing is not working, and that we have to strategize and pray for guidance on what to do, but it can't be the same thing we're doing. And it's got to start with some con- concept of making red states redder, focusing your influence on influence on those areas, spawning action on force-multiplying strategies that actually interpose against these areas of tyranny, against our life, liberty, property. Again, biomedical security state, the green fascist state, the political persecutions, the anarcho-tyranny, all the ways that the total state is coming after us. But we need a movement in place to do just that. And I fear we don't have it. And so it's such a shame this Vivek guy comes along out of nowhere, runs for president. He could have been a fresh outside voice. And he'll, he'll use our talking points. And then he just attacks DeSantis but there's nothing to say about Trump and praises Trump. So why is he running? Get behind Trump. I'm sick of these distractions, these people that are out for themselves and have, have no specific vision. Not broadly, oh, we're going to defeat the woke, central bank digital currency, you know, uh, the censorship. What is your specific plan to use the few levers and leverage points We have levers of power, leverage points we have to actually affect the right sort of change on the right issues to confront the swords where they're reaching our neck. Those 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 inflection points, how do we how do we utilize them? That's what I'm gonna be working on. Obviously, the debt ceiling is going to be a big one. I do apologize um, ahead of time. You know, that it's been a little bit sporadic. And I know, you know, the week after next, I'm going to be out in Texas. I will try to do a show every day. Um, Maybe not the day I fly out, but, you know, we're going to try to make up for that. Sorry about the scheduling. But after that, we'll be in smooth sailing. Um, I will be responsive to emails now. I'm fully back. So Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com is the email. At RM Conservative is the, um, the Twitter Make sure if you haven't yet picked up our book from Steve Dace and myself, Rise of the Fourth Reich, get it for a friend because it's as relevant now as when we wrote it. And also, of course, whoisnefarious.com, Night Out with Your Wife, Your Kids, uh, a movie with our world view. Very, very rare thing. And congrats to Steve for a job very well done and the whole crew that participated in that. Hope you guys have a terrific, restful, family-oriented weekend. Till Monday, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.